Job died, an old man and full of years. Job 42, verse 17. Welcome to Cain and Baum Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey, featuring segments and music by those who support the teaching of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, The Wells. This is episode number 139. This episode features our final segment on our longest-running segment on Canaanbound Podcast. It's the Book of Job being covered by Pastor Timothy Smith. We'll continue with another series in the near future as Pastor Timothy Smith takes us to the Book of Romans. But for now, here's the final segment on the Book of Job. God's Word for You, Job 42, the last two verses. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation, and so Job died, a man old and full of years. The book's conclusion comes to us so quickly that readers are often left wondering that even though the story isn't over, it doesn't seem to be resolved. But it is resolved. Job has bowed down before God, knowing his Creator and trusting in him. The number of years added to Job's life was 140. Many people have noticed that this is double the ideal lifespan of 70 years that's mentioned by Moses in Psalm 90. Everything about these last verses points to blessings from God. Job saw his new children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, even his great-great-grandchildren. And when he died, he could be described as old and full of years. He led a full life. Now what isn't here? We're never told about a single month when Job worried about too much rain or too little rain. There's no mention of a hard winter or a flood. There's no story about lost car keys or the sleepless nights with sick babies, the rearranging of a life to accommodate tuition payments. There's no talk about anxiety over their younger daughter Karen's choices and boyfriends until Ronnie finally came along or whoever, or any of the other challenges we all go through. The real story of Job is the story we all have been reading. There was a time when he got very sick, lost everything, was tempted to lose his faith. It was a struggle with the devil himself, whether Job knew it or not. And despite a lot of bad advice from his friends, Job knew that God was in his corner. He never gave up on his Savior. He held on to his faith in a Redeemer and in the resurrection, and he repented of his sins. Redeemer, resurrection, and repentance. Job understood it, and he trusted in God, and the Holy Spirit wants us to understand it and trust in God, too. That's why he gave us the story. It's long. Sometimes it's frustrating. It isn't always easy to understand, but the message is the wisdom of trust, even when we don't have all the facts. God loves us, and we trust in him. He is our Redeemer. He promises the resurrection, and he leads us to repentance. If we can take that message with us, then we have gained something and grown from our study of Job. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. Here's a song by Koine.
down to earth from heaven Who is God and Lord of all And His shelter was a stable And His cradle was a stall scripture that the devil is hungry. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some for someone to devour. It's from 1 Peter. He's not just leisurely browsing for a snack. He's looking for his next prey and he wants to kill and devour. That means you, even when you feel most secure. In fact, it is often when everything is going well that his attacks will come. I'm assured of this by scripture, the lives of many Christians around me, and by my own personal experience. What about you? You and I hunger all the time, but for what? Does our appetite make us blind to the sufferings of others? Or have you ever found yourself so consumed with consumerism that you didn't notice the enemy lurking upon you? Chasing after such a fill may make us an easy find for the devil's next meal. He's hungry. He's after your soul. He's always looking to devour every son of Adam. Who can say they are always hungering for Jesus' word and his supper as they ought? The devil catches all of us off guard at times, hungering for what will destroy us instead of what will save us. But a man came who the devil could not devour. The enemy succeeded in getting all this man's friends to abandon him. 
Satan succeeded in bringing this man into great emotional turmoil, as those who should have been protecting him beat him. The Prince of Darkness thought he had his prey cornered, as that man cried out, dying in the darkness, Father, why have you forsaken me? But the devil would leave empty, just as surely as Jesus' tomb was found empty. As Jesus neared all these events, he was not the victim. He was driving out the enemy. He won the day for us because he hungered for it. My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And he did finish his work. By it we are filled with good things. By his life, death, and his rising again, he accomplished it all. He rescued us from sin, from the devil, and from death and its destruction. When the crowd heard Jesus' teaching, they hungered for more. They hungered to hear the wonders of God's working, and they were filled by the word of Jesus. One promise Jesus gives to his disciples encourages us to remain hungry for what is good. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Do you desire God's goodness and his promises? Do you crave God's forgiveness? Do you groan under sin as one who groans without food, expecting the feast that Jesus has promised? He'll satisfy you richly. Do you hunger for the word so that you might live a new life of gentleness, patience, peace, joy? He'll give it. Hungering for wisdom? Ask, and he'll give it. Do you patiently wait as the world labors under the curse of sin, eagerly waiting for the kingdom of glory that will soon be revealed? Your hungering patience will not linger forever. His kingdom will come. Come, taste and see his word. It satisfies. Hunger for seeing your church filled with the word and with praise from God's people. Hunger for the new covenant given for you in his supper. It is the richest of food. Pray that all who now hunger in body and soul may be filled with God's goodness. All hatred, thoughtlessness, slander, gossip, sinful pride, sinful boasting, all its bitterness of evil, all of it will be gone, and you will be satisfied with goodness, truth, and praise for your God. He satisfies us every morning with his unfailing love. Keep hungering and thirsting for it. To Tell the Story is shared by Pastor Luke Italiano. This is based off of 2 Kings chapter 2. Where was God now? Elisha had seen the power of God when the prophet Elijah had faced down the 350 prophets of Baal. The Lord had proven that he really was God. Elisha had heard God's call when the same prophet Elijah put his cloak around his shoulders, calling Elisha to be his apprentice. Oh yes, and the years in between, Elisha had seen so much through his master Elijah. But now, now God was going to take Elijah away. They traveled. A bunch of prophets approached. Do you know? that God is taking Elijah away today. Yes, 
Elijah answered. But don't talk about it. Another group of prophets approach. Did you know that God is taking your master away today? Yes, Elijah answers. But don't talk about it. Because you see, Elisha couldn't imagine life without Elijah. Without Elijah, was there any connection with God? The two of them approached the Jordan River, and Elijah took off that cloak, the same cloak that he'd used to call Elisha. Elijah rolled the cloak up and hit the water. The water divided, and they crossed over on dry ground. Once again, God showed that he was with Elijah. Tell me, Elijah says, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Give me, give me a double portion of your spirit, Elisha asks. Elijah nods. What you have asked is difficult, but if you see me when I go, the Lord will give you what you asked. They talk. Suddenly, a chariot of fire and horses of fire come between them. Elisha braces himself against the licking of the flames. The heat shoves him back. He tries to see over the sudden brightness and catches sight of his master flying up in the midst of a whirlwind. And then his master is gone. Elisha cries out in grief. He tears his clothing. He sobs, My father! My father! The chariots and horsemen of Israel! He doesn't know what he's saying. He's so overwhelmed with awe and sorrow. But his mentor, his mentor was gone. And now, without Elijah, where is God? Elisha sees something lying on the ground. What is this? The cloak. The very same cloak that Elijah used to call him. He wraps it around his arms, twists it. The master, the scent of his master is still there. Did God allow him this little piece of his master for comfort? Elisha stumbles back to the river. He mutters, Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And in frustration, he strikes the water with the cloak. God answers his question. God separates the water just as he did for Elijah. Here is God's answer. Where is the Lord? I am here with you, Elisha, and I have not left you. I am still with you. Elisha went on to become a great prophet. And Elijah? His story wasn't done. Hundreds of years later, he stood on a mountain in glory, talking with Jesus. And what did they talk about? How Jesus would soon keep all those old promises. How Jesus was about to become the mediator. You see, Elijah and Elisha needed the same person.
Jesus. Elijah was no moderator. He didn't go between Elisha and God. That was Jesus' job. He stood between them and God. Brothers and sisters, you have a mediator. It's not your pastor. It's not a friend. It's not a church. Your mediator is Jesus, who reveals himself in glory. Hear and revel in that message. And this story is true. We'll close with another Christmas song by the Lutheran Cayley Orchestra.
have been listening to Cane and Bound Podcast, episode 139. This episode was first shared in December of 2018. For more information, visit caneandboundpodcast.com. We encourage you to visit a Wells ministry location nearest you. Visit wells.net. Thanks for joining us, and remember his promised rest.